favor is on you because you're a godly because you're his sons and daughters because he imputed righteousness to you and it's based in his own righteousness and so the Lord says you will and do now receive my favor now I give you my favor right now there's not this big disconnect in his favor into my past based in guilt I'm not fleeing right now into my future based in shame I'm just fleeing up like a bird into a shelter of the most high and in that place irregardless of what something's trying to tell me from the left or the right they're not my options so I, I just I just single those things out and say they don't belong to me because we are the royal family and in that way favor begins to flow it's not intellectual and it's not emotional. It's just like, it's dependent that you're the only option. And you're the person. I experience your love as your son, your daughter. Oh. I set every side, every hindrance, every weight. Let the weight come off. Let the, which, just let it come off thing that besets us and tries to assault us and I'm taking up into the spirit of the living God and it's from that perspective that I'll live and move and have my being and the seven eyes seven spirits of God are showing me his perspective not the perspective of not from the perspective of this world but the perspective of what he sees what he sees now and meditate on that See. 
off the left, I take my eyes off the right to meet you, your frequency.
can I run? You are not there first. What can I say that you don't know already? Where can I hide that your light can't reveal? Oh, there's no safety in you. But you are good. You are good above all things. You are good. You are good above all things. You won't relent. You won't relent no matter. And I am the prey. You want me. Oh, and I want you. Oh, fix my eyes on you. I fix my eyes on you. Not the right, not the left, not the 10,000 falling there or there. I fix my eyes on you. I fix my eyes on you. Son of God, the Son. 
all for you and all we are for you no and it's all for you all we are for you pour out your praise spend it all in the name of Hashem my strength and I will waste my oil on your name and I will waste my breath and I will waste my strength I will waste my oil on your
I, uh, I keep getting this from the word. It's kind of unusual because a lot of times I think we try to by bypass what I need to share with you. Like, like almost like it's it's not okay to deal with this particular thing. But in Job chapter seven, verse eleven, he says. Therefore, I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. And I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I a sea or a creature of the deep that you must put me under a guard? If I say my bed will comfort me and my couch will ease my complaint, then you scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions. He says, I've, I've gotten to such a point that I'd even prefer strangling and death more than life. And sometimes, you know, we don't, we don't realize what we're going through. But there, sometimes there needs to be just an honesty before the Lord. Like, we're not trying to reject grief or like something that we're going through and pretend it doesn't exist because you can't pretend if you're really going through something you're going through something and if you can't say back to the Lord what you're experiencing like because you're afraid that if you tell him what you're going through that somehow he'll reject you in it. but see it's okay sometimes to say to the Lord you know what I'm going through a tough place it's okay Actually, it's better for you to do that than to try to bypass it and act like nothing's going on. Because sometimes something is going on that's bothering you. And you need to say it to the Lord, you know, hey, something's bothering me. Job did. And Job's a righteous man. And he was saying, you know, something I'm going through is affecting me. He's remonstrating with God. I like go try to go to my bed to find some comfort. It's not working for me. If I could just get up on my couch and it would ease my complaint with something. Something's just not working. Okay, it's not working. Why? And then we ask this question, why? And I think Job was going through that and the Lord wants him to say, hey, this is affecting me. Yeah, because if I go to try to find comfort in one way, it's not affecting me. So even in my dreams, I'm being, I'm going through this pressure. Even in the night visions, you're making me, terrifying me. And I don't know if any of you are going through this, but I got a sense that you can't escape. And Job's going to say this. I, you can't escape the hand of the Lord that's saying, I'm coming for you. after you and comfort and pleasure is not going to get you where you want to be because I'm after you God's eyes are looking down from heaven saying I want you and we're looking up back to him until we begin to look through his eyes from his perspective this things that hit me on the left and the right and I can't understand and the Lord I think would say yeah, don't, don't say that it's not there because it is because I've ordained it to be so. 
Why, Lord, why would you treat me like this? Am I not yours? Yes, you are mine. Now come up unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, because you were made for heaven. You were made for my dimensional space. And the things of this world, they must grow strangely dim in the light of the glory of the grace of the Lord. I recognize something's off. But why, why, why? Because he wants me. Because I'm his and he is mine. And I say, draw me up, Lord. Draw me up out of the pit. Throw me up into the heavens, Lord. We were made for you, Lord. Nothing will satisfy my soul like you, Lord. I was made for you, Lord.
So I want to share with you where you're at right now with the Lord. Actually, or where we're at corporately. I mean, we're looking at Psalms 110. You're at verse 2. Listen, the Word extends your dominion from Zion. Now rule in the midst of your enemy. You've stepped into a place now. He's talking about overflowing your banks. And remember last week I'm teaching this chiastic pattern of chapter verse 1 and 7. In verse 7, right, he says, And he shall drink by the brook in the way, and therefore he shall lift up his head. So you see, the word says to my Lord, sit in my right hand until your enemies are a footstool. And how it matches with verse 7. But now, now. And a lot of times, I don't know if you experience this, but I'll experience a sense of tiredness. I know this is what the Lord actually was saying to his uh, disciples when he told them in the garden at Gethsemane. He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But now you step in with the scepter and govern. And you can do this now because we're at a positional place in this room where we can declare this is where the breakthrough is for your families, your situations, what you're facing. Because you have the word of the Lord in your mouth, you can declare. Let everything come in into alignment, Lord. Let your order come into our families, Lord. Children and grandchildren, Lord. We speak what you say, Lord. Give you the high praises. Release your scepter, Lord. Release your scepter, Lord. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Covering through us, Lord.
salvation shield and buckler about me I will hide in your word Though the mountains may tower above me and the valleys below Though a thousand may fall at my right and a thousand at my left Your scepter is with me and your fire is upon me Oh, to preach the good news, set the captives free
Steve sent this, Psalm 16, 9-11. Therefore, therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. Thou shows me the path of life. In thy presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures. Oh, um, everlasting pleasure. I think we've all been going through a transition from who we used to be and how we learned religion to the people, the sons and daughters of God who walk in the kingdom. There is a difference. One of the differences I've noticed is when I was, remember the revivals we had in our churches? Everybody got this message. We got this big emotional appeal. We all went down and fell on the altar and we cried and cried and cried. And then we went home and most of the time nothing much changed. But in a sense, our bodies received that a kind of sadness for who we were communicated something of humility to God. At least that's the way I felt. But the reality is self-made humility is not really honoring to God. In this passage, he's saying, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. So David was saying he lives in that place of joy, the joy of the Lord. And to receive that honor, to receive that favor, we have to come out of the agreement that we should be brought low. I'm not saying that we're not supposed to be humble because we are, but there are different ways to be humble and there are different ways to be proud I found myself being proud of my humility I think there might be something wrong with that you know but it's God that wants us to truly stand before him transparent and letting him see through us 
because we really are the sons and daughters of God and he has favor on us. And if we reject the favor he gives, we're not going to be able to take it in and receive it. So I really think that that pleasures at his right hand is the way he feels toward us. And we're supposed to be encouraged by that. When it says the joy of the Lord is your strength, it's God's joy over us that's our strength. And so I just want to really encourage you. Yes, I've had trouble receiving the favor of God because I was always trying to put myself down to try to stay humble as if it was my job to do that. Bob Jones told me one time, he said, don't worry about that. If you get, if your, if your balloon gets so hot, you get a lot hotter going, he said, God has a little pin. He can, <laughs> he can pop that. So there's something about us knowing who we are and stepping into the favor, stepping into the glory, because when we come before the throne of God, we're supposed to come as, as prince and princesses. We're supposed to come as his sons and daughters to request and to govern according to his kingdom and his word and his power. saying is instead of bracing for attack you know like I'm not bracing for attack like oh, I'm like alright here comes the attack I'm like this let your right hand your pleasures forevermore I'm not like this oh it's coming at me it's coming at me I gotta just like it's like it's like a knowing of who you are I am in you it's like this I'm yours Lord I'm all yours I'm yours Lord I'm yours Lord and I'm free I'm free to fly I'm free to be glad I don't have to be mad inside
everything else has faded out and I stand in awe lovely this place you dwell Instantly I'm swallowed whole in your light And I stand in awe I stand
Amen. All right, good morning. What's up? This morning, I want to pick up where we were at last week because, as you know, I, I didn't get to finish. And if, if you're new with us and you have and you want to um, listen to some of the podcasting, it's, it's, uh, <clears throat> the podcasting is called Galactic uh, Progeny. And so you can go on there and listen. Um, I'm pretty excited about that because uh, what's going on in these uh, meetings is, is really getting into a lot of nations. Uh, it seems like the Irish really like it uh, there, Tom. <laughs> yeah, they, they really seem to like it. We got most coming out of Ireland right now. And um, the podcasting app would only let me see 50 nations, but I think we're getting out to quite a few nations. So hey to all you that are in other nations. And uh, I, I was really surprised this last week, the podcasting just like just jumped up and so you know you look at being in uh, a home and you think what's going on and it's not that it has to be like quantitatively expressed to be from the Lord but it is nice to know that multinationally which the Lord had promised this that this uh, word would go out and I'm just uh, really grateful for Henry and Wendy who's done so much work on our podcasting and um, praying over it and and looking after it and making sure it's edited and uh, so that it can go out and really be a blessing to a lot of, of people. Um, yeah, I'm really surprised in a way, you know, where, where that's headed or where that's going. And so uh, I think there's possibly over 70 to 100 nations that are actually beginning to tune in to what we're engaging with. And here we are in Mills River, North Carolina, in the house. We're getting, you know, tens of thousands of, of listening right now. And so as that grows and expands... Uh, I'm sure it'll be a blessing to a lot of people. And so it's in Galactic Progeny. It's within SoundCloud. Last week's, we've been in, well, I don't know what you call it, like a series, but we're it. We're right now, if, if I'm perceiving the Lord correctly, we're in a seven-part investiture series. And um, a number of weeks ago, we, we had an encounter here. Uh, Kelly Manning came up, Pete Lineker said some things and then uh it was really honed in a lot with um with Stephen that the the shouldering of dominion through domicile and uh, that's a pretty uh loaded term but that God was uh bringing a, a shouldering of dominion it says in scripture that in Corinthians 11 it says that a man is not independent of woman and woman is not independent of man but woman came, comes from a man, excuse me, yeah, from a man, and man goes through a woman. And so this is a beautiful understanding of male and female, especially in the covenant of marriage, that uh, we, we're not to independent ourselves and that independent spirit, but, we're, but we come together in a union, and then we work through that. And so woman comes from man, but man must go back through a woman. And so... Um, you know, guys don't just walk off and like I've done numerous times and not say, hey, is it okay if I'm here or there or whatever? You know, ask her, go through a woman. Uh, you know, we're not independent. And, and ladies, you, you guys have, you know, some ideas. You're like, I don't understand where you're coming from. Like, take some time to listen and, and love him through uh, what he's trying to bring out, usually objectively or big picture wise. Um, anyways, so we had... Sh shouldering dominion through domicile and then the next week we got into manasseh and the great seal the great seal of manasseh uh that's a ex 
extensive understanding related to the United States of America and the seal. Um, and so shoulder seal, last week, whether you understand this or not, it was called Star Rock. This idea of the blending together of a star and a comet. I spoke of in Numbers 2417. Um, and how, how you take the scepter. <laughs> that's, uh, Sorry. that's fine. And um, the, the idea that we, as we are ascending, as like a star that's in the heavens, we're ascending. David says, as he said, ascend, O Lord, to your resting place. Uh, the star, and out of that comes authority. Your, your authority is in the heavens. Your authority is not based here in the, uh, in the earth. And so it comes from a perspective of God's perspective from the heavens. To kind of like capture what I'm saying before we jump into today, uh, let me read this to you, and, I, and maybe this will be helpful. This is from uh, an ex excerpt from uh, The Ultimate Intention by Deverne Fromke. How many of you have read Fromke? Uh, okay, Manus uh, Scroggs read some Fromke. He started, he started in Fromke. Fromke's, uh, he's very, I think he's very legible, readable. He's not totally hard to read, actually. He's, uh, he presents material, it's accessible. It's not complex scholarship, it's, it's pastoral. But he speaks in a way that helps you to get a framework for what, actually what, the orientation that we're going through. And so if, if you want to get Fromke's book, you can actually get a digital copy. I recommend that you get a physical copy of Fromke's ultimate intention. Uh, Fromke said that he was so pursuing the Lord and he was teaching God's people and he said, Lord, I want to go deep with you all the way. And so he, he had a camp meeting that he was teaching out of and so next thing you know, all his buildings burned to the ground. <laughs> it was after that that Fromke really got the ultimate attention because uh, the Lord was wanting to introduce himself to Fromke in this way. And so this is something Fromke said. Every man is still centered in himself looking up from his own viewpoint. Or he is enjoying the viewpoint Paul prayed about. He is looking down. I don't mean looking down on people, right? He is looking down from God's vantage point. He's looking out through his eyes. Yes, his. Uh, yes, thanks, Stephen. His eyes, speaking of the Lord's eyes. Think of this, you know. We've heard talk about having the eyes of the Lord, but let's not be too quick to presume that we're actually looking through the eyes of the Lord because we really need a, a seven spirits of God or the, the, side, uh, the seven eyes of God. We need a seven-dimensional perspective because... God views things, it looks like, what we can see through seven, these seven aspects. And so the orientation here is to get us, and what's going on um, today is introduce this, our text today. What is happening with us is we're being oriented a lot of times through affliction into the affection, which is what Steve's bringing out in Psalm 16, into the affection of the Father to orient our seeing. Because we've been viewing things with the eyes that are of, a, of looking up instead of eyes that are looking 
from his vantage point that comes down from heaven. And the Lord is wanting to change your perception and orientation. Remember the first question that God asked Adam? I mentioned this plenty of times. What did he say to him? First question. Where are you? And I, I, I remember when this happened at the Collider downtown, I said, what, is, what are you talking about? Where are you, Adam? And I said, Lord, what do you mean? He says, well, he was spatially disoriented. Right after the fall, he started to get off track. Why? He was used to light because his being was created out of light. He had a, a being that could integrate with light more than sound. And so it was, he was fine-tuned to this light so much so that he had what Paul, the glory of what Paul was saying, he lived and moved and had his being in God. And what's happened to you and I is even beyond what Adam had because the Bible says he's a, a living soul, but Jesus, the second Adam, is a life-giving spirit. So, so listen, so that light, could, he could receive light and integrate with light, but giving of light was a, is a different thing. And in Christ, we can transmit this light. So the Lord, what's been happening to you and I is to get your, uh, you've been spatially disoriented. We all have. It's called sin and iniquity. It's spatially disoriented us all so that we don't know which way's up, round, backwards, forwards, inside, out. We don't know. And so he says, where are you? And remember, we went through this, that God, to bring us back and transform us by his divine nature would have us come off of what? The what of doing. Who's the who of being? And the why, which is the existential question, why not even exist? Beyond that, into the where, so that he can begin to orient you. So do you see? You see that if your orientation is that from the earth, earthly, Nicodemus, I meant for you to be oriented to heaven. Well, if I can't, if you can't understand a thing of the earth, how are you ever going to understand the orientation of heaven? Right? The dove is going around wherever he pleases. How are you going to track light? Does this make sense? So what the Lord does, he invites us through these experiences into him. What? One component is to sanctify you. He's redeemed you. What to basically repair your uh, your light perceptor? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I said, Lord, I don't understand. He says, Well, you guys. He tells me this last January. You guys are going to have to come off of uh, your gasoline. And I said, Why? I know this is touching everybody now. It's like four dollars a gallon. Yeah. And he says, uh, It's like this. As amazing as a combustible engine is. And sometimes we can hear everybody else's combustible engine. You remember those guys that come up? Here I am. Me, 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 yeah. Jump a big truck. I put me a big pipe on it or, you know, sports. I mean, I don't know if you've done this. I did. <laughs> Shut up. You know, I want everybody to hear I'm showing up, you know, you know, and we've, we've been oriented to sound. He's like, you got to change your, com your combustible engine kind of like this into an electric motor. And the Lord tells me that last year, he's like, this has 
to shift. You might as well go ahead and get, you know, we're like looking for a hybrid or something. He's like, oh my word, you know, we would need uh, free electric in town. And I mean, $85 every two days is starting to, it just eats away at whatever food you have. You know, it's like, we got to get there, but are we going to even be able to eat? You know, um, and so you got to transition over to something electric. We, we, God's people, this is happening in the natural order of things. You, ha- you, have, you have to make a transition. The light, right, but he was using that as a uh, metaphor. To help me to understand combustion and electric, we must transition over to light from sound to light. Not that sound isn't right, but sound travels slower than the speed of light. What's going on? We've, our perception is going to have to be oriented from light. The Lord's actually, uh, the pressure that we're encountering in the natural dimension, inflation, you know, uh, the fuel, this it's all to put some pressure. Why? God's transitioning, he's transitioning the church. You're being transitioned into light because as this gets closer and closer, remember James 1 says, the Lord is light, and in him is no variable or shadow of turning. Job says at the end of his, oh, Job, yeah, people don't like it when you say Job. They're like, please, just say job. Don't say Job. <laughs> don't say Job. I thought the Lord was telling me to get a job. No, he was telling you to get a Job. I don't want to hear that. You know, don't talk about Job. Yes, you've been going through it if you're the remnant. And he's, what has he been doing? Job says it. I heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my see you and I abhor myself, I repent. So our coarse tuning isn't going to work anymore. You ever know, I don't know if y'all know this about like the Tesla guys that go around to fix cars now. They don't look like grease monkeys. They don't have all this grease on them and stuff. I mean, there's a little bit of fluids in there, but most of it's all electric. It's not quite as uh, dirty. There's a transition happening in, in, in our world right now, and go ahead and begin to embrace it. But more than importantly, begin to embrace light. So I, last week, I spent some time in the week before, X2M76, X2M77 on the podcasting, this is X2M78 today. I'm dealing in the fifth dimension and how to perceive light. And I've, I've done extensive talks on this. If you want to dig into it, go listen to the Expanse podcast. Listen to Moby Condor. Listen to the last couple weeks on fifth dimensional light reality. Because you need this training and teaching to be able to develop it. And if you say, I don't understand what he's talking about. Well, listen, go take time with this. Don't go, I don't understand you, Carol. Well, stop saying you don't understand. If you don't understand, go and dig into it and get some understanding. You know, the Lord did it. Raise up ministries and ministers to, because you're supposed to be like, I don't get him, so I'm going to go stick my head in the sand. Don't do that. Don't go stick your head in the sand. Because you're going to be in a mess. Because God raises up these works to bless you so that you'll be ready 
don't say, well, I can write him off or whatever because I don't get him. That's a, that's a bad decision to make for your life right now. It is a bad decision. Um, because why do you think the Lord would just like ordain for somebody to like do this? What? Like he just raises up a ministry for no reason? <laughs> he takes somebody and like messes their whole life and messes with them and says live completely on the, by the seat of your pants for no reason? He did it for you because he loves you. He wants to give you something. He wants to bless you. He loves you and he wants to help you. And so if you don't understand, get some understanding. Don't make an excuse for yourself like that. You know, like dig. Yes. Yeah. If, if, if you're talking about light, if you hear messages about light, then go study the scripture on everything that has to do with light. There you go. Because that gives you a way to dig into what the revelation. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, and I, I was sharing this with Kara this morning. I said, I'm telling you. I try to make things as easy as I possibly can. I'm not trying to make it hard because that doesn't prove anything. If it's hard for you, what does that prove? It don't prove anything. I'm trying to make it as simple, actually, as I possibly can with the Lord. Um, all right, so, Lord, I just ask you this morning to, to you know, you've been preparing us a little context here. And lead us into your word and help understanding and revelation to come to us. In your name we pray. Amen. Seven years ago, Stephen and I were worshiping the Lord downtown Hendersonville. And I, uh, I was being understanding how to go outside of the fourth dimension. And, um, and I'm not saying this has to happen with you, but the fourth dimension is X, Y, Z, and T. So the fourth dimension is three-dimensional, okay, like you look right here, you see a three-dimensional length, or one dimension length, one dimension height, and another dimension depth, X, Y, Z. There's another dimension, the fourth dimension is called T. What is T? Time. Einstein got really into this about time, and he got into special relativity. We're not doing that. We'll make it simple. If we say, come to 75 Hidden Bluff uh, on the main floor at 1030 every Sunday, we just describe four dimensions. 70, this house, 75 Hidden Bluff, whether you know it or not, has a latitude and a longitude space that comes into, it has an X and a Y coordinate. If we they have a little small basement area back there. If I, okay, meet us in the little basement area down there. That would be a Z dimension. But we say, meet us here on the main floor. Now we know in the living room area, that's your Z dimension. So now we've described a latitude, latitude. Now a dimension like this, Z. So we're saying, now this is where we're going to meet on this floor. And then we said, meet us at 1030. What did we just describe? Time. Time is actually a dimension. And so we did this. Well, the Lord, uh, back seven years ago, he showed me this, Ephesians 3.18. Listen, Paul said, 
that you may comprehend what is the love of God, the length, width, height, and depth of the love of God. I was like, oh, four dimensions. I said, Lord, he says many of my church is comprehending love three-dimensionally. But I want you to understand love in four dimensions. Sometimes we call this time thing, listen, being present. How do I comprehend love in the fourth dimension? You have to be present. You cannot be present if you're meditating on your past or your future. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Matthew chapter, what is it? Six, verse 30, is it, or five, five thirty-three or so? It says, don't meditate or worry about what? Tomorrow. I th- it says, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Don't worry saying, what shall we, what? Eat or what shall we put on or drink? Don't worry about this. The Gentiles seek after that. God would have you to be present and me to be present to be loved in a dimension called time. He doesn't want me concerning myself with tomorrow. And he doesn't want me concerning myself with what was yesterday. He wants me here right now present. And when you become present, you actually are your most authentic self. You can't be authentic You ever talk to someone and they're thinking about something else? And you're trying to communicate with them, but they're somewhere else? They're either usually in the past or in the the future, but they're not there. And in that way, you've become inauthentic. And have you ever felt demeaned by that? I had someone once I tell me, you're not listening to me. And they were real confrontational. It was one of our ladies in the church, and she was right. I had to repent right there. She said, you're somewhere else, and I'm tr- I need you to be here right now. And I said, oh, God. I said, please, I'm sorry. You're right. Forgive me. Please forgive me. I have them somewhere else. I said, I really apologize because I don't like that done to me, and I'm not giving you the dignity that you should have. I'm sorry. I repented. But I was. I was somewhere else. I wasn't present, and in that way, you know what I was? unloving you cannot get access into the kingdom of God that's at hand if you do not if you're not present you can't access the kingdom of God that's at hand if you are not there if you're somewhere else you're not there and so there's no way to access that point we must love in four dimensions This is why God is present in your life at home as much as he is here in this home. He's right here right now. Why? When you're present. If you're thinking about, well, I wonder what they were thinking or what they're doing right now. If you're thinking about, I wonder what we should be doing or where we're going. Even, you know, pastor, you know why they quit the church meetings at 1230? Because everybody's thinking I got to get something to eat. And they know that that's going to disconnect. You're not going to be present. The Lord wants us authentic self, present now, loving in time. 
So yeah, I might be here and I may express love, but if I'm not present, if I'm disconnected is what we call it. Anybody, you know, my wife, she had to help me with this because I, you know, I'd be out in headspace somewhere. Hey, Carol, we're all right here. Where are you? Uh, you know, not loving in a time dimension. It's, I'm not authentic and I'm not myself in my space. I'm out somewhere else. The Lord wants to rectify this in the human soul. And so Paul's saying, I want you to comprehend that depth. Because for me to teach you on fifth dimension, sixth dimension, seventh dimensions, which I've really engaged in, you'll never get there if you're not here. Now, let's look at something because where is this at in the Bible? Go to uh, Hebrews uh, chapter number 10. And I'm going to show you where it's at. Show me a Bible verse. Kara says that. Show me a Bible verse. <laughs> She's right, and it should, it should be represented here. Let, let me show you something. Let's look at uh, verse, uh, oh man, uh, five. Yes, sir. So when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice an offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. Whole burnt offerings and sin offerings you took no delight in. Then I said, what? Yeah, the better rendering of this, I believe, is here I am. Not there. Not where, but here. I am here. You see it? Do you see love in four dimensions? Well, I thought you wanted me to sacrifice, give up something. I thought if I made all these offerings and stuff that that's what you were after. No, I wanted you to be here. I want you to be here right now. Did you know that everything that will mess up your worship, do you know what it is? It's always trying to get you somewhere else. It's trying to get you in someone else's thoughts, someone else's idea, your own idea from the past, the future. How am I going to rectify the situation? It's trying, you know what it's doing? It's trying to steal your here I amness. You can't access the kingdom of heaven if you're not here, I am. You can't. The Lord, you won't see it. You, you, you won't see the light of what, what you say, that guy's crazy, what's he talking about? You will not be able to see fifth dimension through the fifth dimension if you're not present. Jesus was saying, he said, repent and believe the gospel. Faith, adversity, rest, expansion. I paid your fare. Faith, adversity, rest. They say, repent, believe the gospel. The kingdom of heaven is where? At hand. It's accessible now. Here's the issue. You must be here. You cannot be where or there. Where was I? There I'm going. No, here I am. And that is, this is what, you know, this is what, um, 
It's trying to hinder all of us. It's trying to take what could actually be ours by favor and accessing the delight of the Father out of light. It's trying to steal this from us all the time. So much so we're distracted, we're looking at other things. And the Lord's wanting to speak to us in a place. And this is why it says, labor therefore to enter into the rest. What? The rest of here I am. Not the rest of distraction of where and theirs, but here. He's wanting to uh, cool your jets. Sit. The Lord said to my Lord, sit, you know, until I make your enemies your footstool. They're trying to steal your I am, his I amness through you in the moment. And uh, we've, we've let the distractions come. This is especially in the millennials. I mean, like, I feel bored. I, I'm, I got to go find something. Let me go look at something. Look at that. Look at that. Look at this social media thing. The Lord's saying, stop, stop trying to get all these other distractions. I'm trying to speak to you. Now, more than that, I'm trying to reveal by light something to you so you can access my kingdom. Think about this. I know this, is, this could trouble a lot of us, but do you know that he's been trying to speak to us by light the whole time? I don't, I, I don't, I believe this, that the Lord was in that burning bush with Moses probably for a long time on Mount Horeb. He was having to run all this humility options and afflictions on Moses. But Moses, what he saw was a burning bush and another burning bush and another burning bush. Because you know what? You know what happens out there in Horab and the blistering hot? It sets those, those burning bushes are everywhere. But he had to look into something. It says, and when Moses turned aside to see, there was one of those bushes that was not being what? It was different than all the other bushes. But you know what? He was taking that light for granted. Yeah. I want to suggest to you today that so have we. Yeah. This isn't to make you feel bad or to put anything on you. It's to invite you. I didn't know that there was... I didn't know this until the worst began to open my eyes. And it took affliction after affliction after affliction. You know why? Because I kept looking for something else. I thought, man, that'll satisfy me. I'll find that. And, it, you know, financial health, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's what I need to secure my comfort. Yeah. The Lord's like, no, you need me. I'm right here right now. And I'm wanting to show you how to access my kingdom. Jesus walked in this completely. He was bringing heaven to earth in himself because he had this framework. Here I am. I'm present. It says it again, even he's going to reiterate this point. Then he says again in verse 9, here I am. I have come to do your will. What is being said there? Well, hey, guys, not my will. The will is a powerful thing. I want to do my own thing. Uh, this is, I'm like essentially been this person. I'm going to do what I want to do. No. <laughs> That's not a wise decision to make. Your father actually has picked out something better for you than your own will. Yeah. Actually, it'll, it'll trump whatever you can come up with. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. It's not even entered into your mind the thing that he has prepared for those who love him called according to his purpose. You won't. Yes, it's better. He's always better. 
The problem is, and I, I believe this, the problem is, is it's not that a lot of us don't believe that. It's, I've asked a word about this. He said, the problem is a lot of y'all aren't getting still enough to wait on me and be present. You're, you're so in the future, so in the past, you're looking at the wrong thing. That I want you to calm down, get still, wait on me, and I will reveal to you. So, so much so, Jesus says, stop what you're doing. I'll only do what I see my Father doing. Yeah. Only. We think, oh, we should do this pattern or do that thing, and that's going to somehow uh, make my life better. No, here I am. I've come to do your will. It'll say it's written in the scroll about me. Oh, guys. I, I want to suggest to you today, there's a scroll that's written about you. I don't know if you've seen the never-ending story, but Stephen brings this up recently, the, the one that came in, out in 1984. I would suggest that's an okay film for you to watch. Watch it when he finds out. Watch it when the child finds out in the story that what he's reading is actually about him. Guys, you want to talk about here I am? Wait till you find in the pages of the book, it is, there's a scroll that you start to interpret that's written about you. Oh, it's there. Here I am. It's one of the most powerful revelations and realities of the human spirit when you realize that God's eyes have, are looking through you. Oh, that he, that, that you've heard Brad Ames say this, you know, I'm looking at him, seeing me, seeing you, seeing me, seeing him. But what happens when you begin to realize his eyes are actually looking through you? Seven years ago, what happened to me is I go up into this silvery lining thing. I stick my head through it, and I see this black and light in this darkness. And all of a sudden, I feel the weight of the people in the room, and I said, the Lord said, you have to go minister to them because you can't come hang out with me until you minister to them. And I said, dang, now it's, you know, why does everybody have to have issues all the time? So I go down and pray for the sick and do all this stuff, and um, I guess I'm being a little selfish, you know, but, you know. Yeah, I was like, oh, because I'm, I'll, I'll be honest with y'all in, in our meetings and stuff. I'm just waiting for everybody, like, you know, can we just get through all our stuff and stuff so we can get like into something, you know, and uh, I'm sorry, but I want all the healing and everything to happen, but I'm just like, I want to get in with the father and I'm like, let's just get all this done, you know, and I know we're dealing with issues in the room and stuff and I can feel all kinds of people and I'm like, but I really just want to get into what you're doing right now and uh, I want, you know, together corporately. And uh, y'all are doing really well, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so then, uh, so, I, so the next day, we're worshiping together. I stick my head in there again, and the Lord said, call the angels. I was like, what? And tell them to hold that portal open. I said, oh, you can have a little. I said, what do I say? He's like, you know, speak in tongues. And I said, oh. Next thing you know, these two little white angels come to the edge of the portal, and they pull it open. Because I was spinning in the thing like, you know, Da Vinci's kind of go. <laughs> and uh, I said, is this what you want me to do? Because I'll do this for God's people. You know, I'll be the guy that spins. You know, we have so many different ideas about ourselves. I was like, let me tell everybody about how to be saved for the rest of my life. 
Instead of, you know what I mean? Anyways, I'll tell you how to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I spend my whole life doing that. And forgetting that we're on a journey, that's just getting started. You know, okay, so spinning in port, I was like, you want me to do this? I'll be this guy. Renaissance man, you know, Da Vinci, whatever. I'm spinning. No, 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 just call the angels. They'll hold it open. I go up in this dark space with light breaking for it. I find out later it's the second heaven. I got all the Bible verses on it. I see a golden ladder. I climb up the golden ladder, and this big thumb and index finger comes down with this glowing blue cube. And I said, I need a Bible verse. Because I thought I was losing my mind. And it says, I, James 1, 17, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variable or shadow of turning. I said, oh, it's the Father. You have a thumb and an index finger. That thing was huge. I mean, it was like the size of my whole body. Like, and I was like, so this little cube's like a little mini thing to him, but it's like this to me, you know. I was like, I received it, and I said, what is that? He said, it's a tesseract. I was like, oh, no. I need another Bible verse. He said, go to Ephesians 3.18, that you may comprehend the length, width, height, and depth of the love of God. And I find, find out that a tesseract is a four-dimensional cube. Come to find out later that it's a sapphire cube that comes off the throne because the throne sits on a sapphire, it's a sapphire sea of glass, it's a sapphire pavement. And I find out later that it's the 613 laws that were written in, that Moses opened up, that cube, because uh, that cube, you open it up and it's a double tablet. It's, got, it's God's law, and I received this thing. And I mean, in my natural life, we're going through hell in the natural life. Remember that? They were too. And I mean, you know, Stephen's like, throw it on the pile. That's what he kept saying, because everything was breaking in the natural dimension, but the spiritual dimension... I was like, oh, man, four-dimensional love. He's like, to access heaven, you must go through four dimensions. And uh, demons are attacking and everything. I'm like, this is really, like, you know, tough. The next day, the next day, I'm, I'm up in the heavens. Well, maybe it was a couple days after that. And there's Michael the archangel. Well, I didn't know he was. You don't have to believe me. I understand I don't, I don't know, you know, but it, it, I, I look up, and that guy's like 25 feet. I was like this tall. He's like that tall. And he says something to me. He says, uh, we're at your command. And I said, uh, who's we're? Because that's a plural. And, man, they go into like this V formation. As far as my eyes can see, I see the war department of the angelic host. Because Gabriel has one third, Lucifer has a third, and uh, the fallen angels, and then and then Michael has a third. The Gabriel is the messenger, the messenger section. Then you have the war department, and then you have the evil uh, guys, you know. And I, I I was like, man, I said I, I told I told Michael I said I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. This is seven years ago. I've fallen out of the second heavens, and the Lord says to me. Uh, Dell M. Sides. And um, take, I find out, I find out that in the end times, and, and this is in Daniel, now I'm telling you this to give you an example. I'm not telling you this because it's the coolest story. It is pretty cool though. I'm telling you this because this matters. And the Lord said, Dell M. Sides, 
I didn't know Dale M. Sides, and I didn't know that he had this book, Angels in the Army. I didn't know that in the back of this book, he takes something called the War Scroll and the War Rules in the appendix section. And in this book, he gives biblical understanding on how to bring command to the angelic army. You know, I'm in here training advanced people, so I give you this advanced training. I said, man, it, I don't know about this until four years later when Daisy Smith asked me, I heard your podcast, it's called A12, The Senior Crown, if you want to know what the podcast name is. I heard your podcast, what did you ever do with the Dell M. Sides word? I said, nothing. She said, Pastor Carol, what are you doing? I said, I don't know, I, we had a lot of hard things going on. I forgot about it. But don't you think you should find out if he has something on angels? And he did. Um, now, when I was receiving my training on fourth dimensional training to access through into the fifth and sixth dimension, it was this encounter that happened right after that. I got to say this. I haven't seen Michael since then. What I'm wanting to let you understand is, like in Ephesians, it says you're seated in heavenly places in Christ. There is a, an understanding about who you are outside of space-time right now that's meant to inform the way you're walking on the earth. Are y'all listening to me? There is a connection that the Lord is wanting to bridge the gap between. So when I went outside of space-time, outside of four dimensions, for some reason, now I didn't understand it, I have some kind of command authority with Michael the Archangel. I didn't have that understanding in 2015 about myself at all. I had no comprehension of that I had that kind of authority at all. It was brand new to me. But outside of space-time, some reason, he's saying, you have some way to talk to me, and we're about to do something. Let's get on with it, Moffat. I can imagine right now that, I, listen, I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. Outside of space-time with the Father, time is like a blip. Here we are in this realm right now, four-dimensional space, and what is the Father waiting on? He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to access outside and know who you are in Him in the here am I now and release the kingdom of heaven. I know what I say comes from you, Father. Because if I, don't, if I don't know who I am, I can't release what God's kingdom is revealing by the kingdom of heaven through my own life. And I'm disjointed, in a way, from what's actually reality. Um, um, so if, if you're... Thank you, Steve. If you're... Have, if you're uh, if you're having problems with the idea of commanding angels, if you're having problems with the command of angels, I want to suggest to you to look at this book because I had a problem with it. Because if it isn't biblically precedent, if there's no biblical precedent, I don't want to hear it. But if there is, and he does a good job on that in this book, then there's precedent. It does. Yes. It sounds wrong, actually. I thought I'm having a lion vision, and that's not right, right? Well, you can't command angels. You 
What if take take this as a picture right right here? The release of the you know because today's about the release of the worst girl. Take take this um, well, take this like this from the Lord, and I, I think you see the inference here. Imagine so 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 badly to be the father in the expansion of your family. Imagine that you you're up there and you're just like. I've got something I want to get done. And I got all of my sons and daughters on earth, they're so busy getting everything else done. I got something that's burning in my heart as father. I've I got a will that I'm wanting to exert my influence in the earth for, and it's the best thing for everybody. Imagine what he feels like. Uh, you're a daddy. And sometimes you can see with your daughters, Anna and Abigail, you could see maybe something and you would think, Anna and Abigail, if, if, if you would do it this way, we could get down the road farther, right? And I know they're great girls. They are. You have fantastic daughters. But what if you were thinking, like, if I, I could exert my influence on you, but I don't want to impose on you. So what does a lot of us parents do? Pray, you know. <laughs> Or we try to enforce our influence. <laughs> I'm going to impose my influence on you. But what would we rather have? We would want our sons and daughters to see affection and know our will and want to uh, bring our will out. What if the father, and I, I got a sense about our father, what if he's like up there saying, not wringing his hand, but I want you to get my will and you're busy doing everything else and it's going to be better for you because yeah. whatever my will is for you is excellent and everybody else it's going to be better for you James and Sarah and you know the children it's going to be better and he's he's saying but I'm not going to impose myself on you do you understand his predicament it's not to make us feel bad it's just like the Lord's wanting us to know this understanding and that you would say this uh, yourself. Here I am. I don't, I'm not going to despise the day of small things. I'm going to be faithful. Whatever you say, I'm going to, whatever you want, Father, no matter what it is, no matter what, I'm not going to even count the cost. I'm just going to be like, yes, Father, I love you. I I love you, and whatever your will is, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I don't care anymore. I'm not doing my own thing. I was bought with a price. I'm not my own. Whatever you say, right? Do you know what will happen? You're going to go outside space-time, and you're going to begin to know that who you are in him, and you're going to begin to expand the kingdom of heaven. The Father's going to take your life and the life that you're living right now and he's going to expand his kingdom through you. It's going to be the most amazing thing you could ever know. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to give glory to the Son. The Lord's looking for something and when he gets what he wants on a qualitative, not just quantitative, but a qualitative view, he's going to split the eastern sky. Think about this kind of per, uh, this trajectory in your life right now. So much so that 
So much so that it's going to restore all things. Imagine his heart. He said, if you'd just be still for a minute, boom, boom, light, light, light. Oh, you see me? Seeing you? See? Yeah. Oh, oh, look what I'm going to do. I'm going to display my, I'm going to do this. I'm going to come through you. I'm going to move like this. Oh, man. And you're like, okay, let's sign up for that again. Let's sign up for that again. All right. So listen, so listen to this. Job chapter number seven. Look at this with me right here. Oh, I love this. This come out today and the Lord showed me this. He said, give this to them. What is mankind that you make so much of them and that you pay attention to them and that you visit them every morning and you try them every moment? Will you never look away from me? Will you not let me alone? Listen to this. Long enough so that I can swallow my spit. <laughs> you know what that means? You know, you know, like it is, yes, you can't move. You're kind of stuck. But you're, you know, you ever like been in a tough place and you just kind of have to... <clears throat> Anybody else done that? You know what I mean? He's like, listen, man, will you leave me alone a little bit? You know, just leave me alone. I can't even swallow my spit. Because so much is coming at me. He says, uh, if I have sinned, what have I done to you, O watcher of men? Why have you set me as your target? <laughs> have I become a burden to you? Anybody else thought that to you? Some people think that that's a different way of thinking. I've had some people tell me that before, that they feel that, that they're like a burden to the Lord. And then why do you not pardon my transgression and just take away my iniquity? For now I lie down in the dust. And you will seek me diligently. Listen to this. It means to seek early in the morning because of the possible link to this word, dawn. Oh. I mean, Job's at the, like, extremity of everything. And it was at that point that he begins to behold light. I mean, he's down in the dust. It looks like everything around him's falling apart. And dawn breaks in oh man lord leave me alone okay all right you keep on messing with me i've become your target he's like oh you you want me to be but i'm but i'm falling apart everything's falling apart around me this person don't like me now this person don't like me uh my flesh feels like it's falling apart everything's falling apart what's what's going on what's going on what's going on I'm going to, you're going to push me so far that I'm going, to, I'm going to die. And it's at the point of Job's extremity that he says this in the Hebrew. Dawn breaks forth. Psalms 
You know this. Like last week, do you see it? Psalms 110.3, do you see it? Your people will willingly follow you when you go into battle on the holy hills at dawn. You have the dew of your youth. No, wait a minute, I'm dying. No, no. I'm not going to suffer your soul to see corruption. I'm making all things new. I hope you feel that like I do. At the point of your extremity is the point of the breaking in of light. But no, it looks like it's bad for me. No! At the point of your extremity, God's light is breaking forth. He, this is at this point that he says, I have begot you like the dew. He's begetting you. Why? Light, fifth dimensional light is beginning to break into your subconsciousness. You're beginning to see. I don't want to go there. What kind of preaching is this? Yeah, nobody likes that message. I'm telling you, this is the revelation of God to us today because I didn't know this. I said, how do I preach 110.3 today? How do I get into the expansion of the seven aspects? I mean, of, of Psalms 110. He showed me this. And then it takes us now, now watch this. Now go with me to Second uh, Peter chapter number one. Many of you may, may have read this. Earlier on in Second Peter uh, one, he says, verse uh, three, or let's go to verse five. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith excellence, excellence, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, brotherly affection, and brotherly affection, unselfish love. What was Peter wanting? He wanted four-dimensional love inside of God's people. He wanted unselfish love. He wanted this here I am reality. He wanted us to know this. For if you have these things are really yours and they're ever increasing, then it'll keep you from becoming ineffective and unproductive in your pursuit of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ more intimately. But I, but I, want, to, I want to take you down to what was happening to Peter and I want to show you something here. Because love in the fourth dimension was not the highest, the four-dimensional thing was not the highest of what uh, Pete was saying to us. Look what he says. Verse 17, he received this honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory. This is my dear son in whom I am delighted. Where is he speaking of? The Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus shone like the sun. Bright light broke out of him and he basically took his shirt off and he showed you, I'm the Superman. You know, he said, this is what it was though. The, the realm of the reality was, this is my beloved son in whom I delight in. Remember Hebrews 10. Here I am, I've come to do your will. This is my beloved son in whom I delight in. He says, when this voice was conveyed from heaven, we ourselves heard it. For we were in the holy mountain with him. And watch, moreover, we possess this prophetic word as an re altogether reliable thing. Peter's saying that the reliability, 
The reliability of heaven was, was this, that he saw the revelation of Jesus at the Mount of Transfiguration and light breaking forth out of it, knowing who he was, that here he was, the Father's Son. You do well to pay attention. You know, you heard me say, don't put your hand in the sand. You do well to pay attention to this as you would. What? A light. A light shining in a murky place. Fifth dimension. Until what happens? Oh, the day dawns. Until the day dawns. And the morning star rises. A number of years ago, I was like, what is this? He says, oh, the dawn is coming when light will be so clear. An end breaks on us like a neutron star. The morning star rises. Is a rising inside of your inside of us. Lord, why you made me your target? Lord, why does it even at times seem like it's brought me down to such a place of I can't fix anything, I can't get it right. It seems like everything's falling apart around me. Why did you do that to me? Why? Why did some of us even, even some have even faced death, like right up to the edge of their very own life? Why? Why? Because God wants fifth-dimensional light to shine forth even inside of a murky place. And if it's unclear to you, if, if, the, if this light is unclear, it seems murky. I know, you know, Peter, uh, Paul talked about this in Corinthians 13 that we would behold like as a, in a glass, it, it seemed dim. But, you know, I'm saying like, uh, here I am right now. What about tomorrow? Forget about it. What about yesterday? Forget about it. Nowhere and no there, just here. Open my eyes and illuminate my understanding lest I sleep the sleep of death, Psalms 13. This isn't a light like the sun or the moon. God's going to express himself to you with two witnesses or three witnesses. They're going to match. And when they do, when the matching comes, however it decides to come, you start to watch that and you begin to move out on it. At first it seems a little murky to you. But then eventually, you know, the dawn begins to express itself and open up. So stop fighting limitation. Stop worrying against being backed into a corner. Because the Lord put his target on you, he's going to back you into a corner. We're trying to secure ourselves out of a, being boxed in, and the Lord is wanting to bring you into that. Now, do you have to have affliction all the time for this? No. Because there can come a freedom that finally comes to us where affection can just flow 
because we won't move out of the light because we'll just stay in the light all the time. That's what Jesus lived in. He's the light of the world. So you want to fix affliction or affection? Stop looking at the the future and the past and just look. Behold the Lord, like, even now. Do you know what happened uh, with Moses and what happened with Joshua? When he came to the burning bush, do you know what happens to Moses? What does the I am tell him to do? Because you're standing where? That word there means to be a hallowed out place. It's kind of like a curvature of space-time or something. I don't know how to explain what I'm saying. But it's hallowed out. It's like an enfolding of time or something. And you just, you'll get where you recognize this place. It'll kind of creep up on you, but you got to be careful because you'll miss it if you don't. If you look at something else, you'll miss it. I had this happen yesterday. I had a relief come to me in the natural dimension, and I about missed the word of the Lord. It was right there in my a double proof encounter. I almost missed it because I was looking at something else. You're not going through afflictions and troubles and trials because God doesn't love you. You're going through them because He does. You might be feeling backed into a corner because He does love you because you've become His target. He singled you out because he delights in you so much he's got your number and I tell you I know everybody in here as far as I can tell he's got your number and because he does he's targeting you he's gazing down at you and he's saying hey hey I'm trying to talk to you so many people they're using scripture actually to block them from the Lord (laughs) they're actually throwing out biblical text to keep him from messing with them it's the weirdest thing that's happening all the time in God's church I rebuke you I was like you're rebuking the Lord I rebuke you Satan it's the Lord actually he put you in a place of limitation why so he can express his life to you so you can perceive I don't want to keep being put in a place of limitation. Well, listen to me. Ask the Lord to open your eyes so that you can see what He's doing with you. Because the limitation is there only, only, only because He delights in you. All right, so we're going to throw off the reference point in the future. We're going to throw off the shame of the future and the guilt of the past. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. When you leave this room and you're XYZT and you're moving in time, you're just going to keep thinking, oh, what are we going to do? I don't know. My life's not my own. I'm the Lord's. I'm a... Did you know you can orient like that all day long? I don't know. What are you going to plan for? I don't know. If he isn't doing it, I don't know. All I know is whatever I see him doing. Can you see this? Can you see this? 
Right, where are we going to go? Uh, look at the Harrisons looking at each other. I, I'm just like, I, I see that loving affection. What are we going to do? Oh, I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to trust you. Where are we going to live? I don't know. How are we going to get food? I don't know. Where's the gas? I don't know. I'm just looking at him, looking at me, looking at him until he's looking through me. Lord, break this into our understanding. Even if I, even all of what I said, Lord, even though those are words that come in a dimension of sound, I pray you illuminate every single one of our hearts and minds in here. Lord, I pray for you, you would show us what you are doing here. I pray you show us the hollowed out, hallowed out places in our life right now. I pray, Lord, you'd say, I know what that guy's talking about. I, I, I understand now. You, you see that? Boom, boom. That was him. Oh, I'm perceiving the Lord. Or I'm, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm not doing anything outside. I pray this revelation, the understanding, the knowledge of who you are would just pervasively reach into us right now and let a believing and a looking up. Now, I will not suffer my Holy One to see corruption. Now, I've got too old for this. That's future tense. I've got to, I'm too young for this. That's looking at the past. No, I'm Christ. I'm in Him. Here I am. Yes, Lord. Release this reality.
his own son on an altar. God in that way places faith and works together. He says, stop looking for evidence. Just step out into what I revealed to you. Just move out on it. Just move out on his revelation out of the fifth dimension to you. Just jump right on out there and leap into what the Lord has called for you. What, you need evidence? No, I'm not going to give it to you. I want you to trust me. Yep. Just trust me. Just trust me, says the Lord. I got you. I'm an anchor. I'm an anchor in the soul that will not fail you. My promise and an oath. You can go into the order of the priesthood of Melchizedek. I've already paid a price for this, says the Lord. I got you. I'm going to take care of you. In my heart. Up into the heavens, that was made, rise, 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 rise. Rise, rise, rise. 
and that this reality could be ours. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. who was overwhelmed and tried to deal with it in his strength and he had to flee he couldn't even handle being there anymore and and it's interesting when Moses encounters God out in the desert and he says he's like I can't go back what what who do I tell them came and God says tell him I am and it's like a state of being verb I am and it's present tense so it's like he's saying I am in the presence of your suffering and um just that I love that present tense and when you say like who is who are we that you're mindful like it's hard for us to say present with each other sometimes and to like really comprehend that God is wanting to he's the one present with us 
is amazing. It's a lot to take in, but uh, I think he loves us that much. <laughs> I was chosen wisely because I was being so much, and I just realized he was uh, meaning a lot to me. And I was chosen wisely, because I am a treasure for you, and I know what mother's love means. It means mother's love to someone who's special to me. And I am his promised bride. I'm destined to wear white And my chest is full of hope And a dress and veil as snow And he said he'd come for me He'd know when I'm ready my heart is aching for the coming of the Lord. I must get ready now. I must get ready now. I must get ready I must get 